Hi, this is JP Mack, and welcome to Liberty Relearn, not just another conservative blog. Okay, if you're listening to this, that means you've made it through 2020, so give yourself a congratulatory pat on the back. But uh, remember, we're not quite out of it yet. Um, still have this COVID-19 thing to deal with. We'll probably be dealing with that at least through the first quarter of this year so don't expect too much to happen from that but it will get better uh, I think probably in about a month or so uh, you'll see a precipitous drop in cases um, some places are are showing drops in cases already so we'll see if that's just a momentary thing or if that's a trend but yeah, don't expect too much. Even though we have vaccine out, we'll have three vaccines pretty soon. Um, to make sure that you're uh, still taking care of your loved ones and yourself uh, until you can get vaccinated, or at least do the best you can to um, stay healthy and keep everybody around you healthy. So, enough on that. Um, well, we'll talk about a little bit more about what will probably happen with COVID-19 uh, in a few minutes. Um, first, I want to talk about uh, the this past year, kind of do sort of a, uh, what I like to call a do-it-yourself best of uh, Liberty Relearn. So, it's hard to believe that it was 35 weeks ago so I guess that was sometime in April if I'm not mistaken where you first may have heard these words hi welcome to the inaugural Liberty Relearn podcast I'm J.P. Mack, founder of LibertyRelearn.com and contributing editor for Political Storm Online Forum. Now, a little bit uh, about the idea of Liberty Relearn. It's a conservative blog, but not just another conservative blog uh, going over the events of the day from the point of view of conservatism. I try to teach about conservatism as much as relay facts about what's happening in the news and current events. So I try and strike a balance between the two so that you learn something not just about what's going on today and tomorrow in current events, but also about conservatism itself. So, just and I go on and on, blah, blah, blah. So that was... Uh, 35 weeks ago, uh, back in the spring of 2020, when we started the first episode. And so, for those of you who have been there here for since the beginning, uh, thank you very much. And for you who have picked us up along the way, thank you very much. And hopefully, um, you'll uh, go back throughout the catalog and re listen for the first time to some of these. Uh, episodes that you may have missed so and that's what uh, I want to do today is just I said do kind of a do-it-yourself best of 
Um, talking about some of the most popular episodes of Liberty Relearn podcast. Uh, Sarda, of course, back with that one. You just heard the snippet from uh, episode one where I talk about the COVID-19 Bill of Rights. I also lay out the rationale for uh, libertyrelearn.com and for this podcast. As I said back then, it's to not just go over the events of the day. Of course, that's what we end up doing every week. Uh, but also to teach and to basically uh, inform you on what's going on in conservatism, what conservative thought is, uh, what conservative is, and what isn't. And so that you come out um, a little bit understanding more about things like conservatism and libertarianism and other political philosophies that uh, we talk about from time to time on this podcast. So, kind of have a dual uh, purpose to this podcast to inform uh, as far as current events and also to teach as far as the logic and rationale of of, uh, conservatism and libertarianism. And so that one, I'd say that's number five on our list of the top five episodes. That would be the very first episodes. And uh, number four, another popular one. It was number one for a long time, even right after it came out. That's the one titled, It's Okay to Love America. And uh, that one came out around July 19th of last year. And, uh, of course, uh, there was still a debate hot about wearing a mask. Um, still goes on. Uh, but it was still kind of fresh at the time in uh, mid-July. And so, uh, give you a quote from that. So where I said, wearing a mask when and where appropriate out of a sense of personal responsibility to protect your loved ones and the people in your community, the shopkeepers, restaurant workers, etc., is a virtue. Demanding others wearing masks to keep you safe is not. And that's something I hope you take to heart. Because um, I know we have all of these mask Nazis and Karens out there that just freak out uh, if they see someone not wearing a mask. And which as I mentioned a few times before on this podcast, I I wear it because it may have some marginal health benefits, but beyond that, I noticed that when early on when mask wearing was first beginning, I go to the store, I would see someone else wearing a mask and I'd feel a little bit better and feel a little bit safer. Now, I mean, that was only in my head, but I kind of took that to heart to say, you know, if it makes me feel a little bit better, see people wear masks, then, you know, maybe other people will feel better if I wear a mask too. It was coincidentally right around that time where mask mandates 
um, became basically the law of the land or the rule of the land thanks to uh, uh, King Philip of Trenton uh, making the mask mandate uh, of course they, they all started sometime in May for a lot of the uh, East Coast states and in the following months other states would follow but basically right around the time where I started wearing masks it became mandated anyhow so I really had no choice but um, other states held out um, and I don't know uh, say what you might about those states like Florida but you know they they held out and um, some cases um, some of them may still be holding out against mask mandates or mandatory mask mandates well I guess I repeat myself there if it's a mandate it's mandatory but um, yeah I kind of have a respect for the states and those governors because they're definitely going against the grain I think it was someone like Governor Christy Nome uh, South Dakota uh, basically um, doing um, very little in the way of mandating um, of course you know mask uh, mandates or mask wearing is encouraged in South Dakota social distancing and things like that but uh, so far Christy Nome has taken kind of a laissez-faire uh, approach um, basically trying to keep her state as free as possible and of course uh, you know in a sparsely populated state like South Dakota he kind of had that luxury because it takes you know any virus that that uh, that would go around takes longer to get from person to person you know in so sparsely uh, populated state so they do have that luxury uh, not unlike New Zealand uh, who took it to the nth degree and they did have mandates and lockdowns for a little while and they thought they beat the bug but of course the bug was just hiding it and came back and uh, after a handful of people in New Zealand uh, caught COVID you know they thought they eliminated it but uh, no, I think it's just an illusion. Anybody tells you that they can eliminate COVID is lying to you or misinformed. One of the two. But anyhow, uh, New Zealand had a slight resurgence and had to uh, lock down part of their capital city and, and take other measures. Um, so it was not without their pain. And of course, I've mentioned couple times before that you can't really use New Zealand an island country sparsely populated as, as an example how to do COVID for the rest of the world certainly can't do it with most country well any country in Europe it's, that has trade with other countries many other countries and travel between other countries and or like the United States or South America yeah they're, they're just um certain geologic geographical aspects um, and demographic aspects to each country 
that makes the solution different. So there's no one-size-fits-all solution, which is something I worry about um, when it comes to Biden's mask mandate, should that ever occur. You know, that I think that's a backwards word, way of thinking that uh, there's a one-size-fits-all solution. And we'll get to that a little bit more. I want to I want to move on to the well the second episode number four on our list, and it seems like that is well, okay. Well, first we'll talk about how it's okay to love America. So going back, uh, I said I'd talk about the mask wearing, and of course that's a big deal. Of course, around the Fourth of July. You know, we're at once celebrating our independence and our freedoms, uh, but at the same time, there are governors trying to make you wear masks, restricting your your uh, rights of free speech. Well, your your right to freedom of assembly, freedom of worship. Some of those um, freedoms, particularly freedom of worship, have only been worked out in the courts in the, in the last month or so. So. It was kind of a kind of an interesting duality um, celebrating the Fourth of July and our freedom, our you know what's supposed to be our freedom, and simultaneously seeing a lot of those freedoms uh, revoked from us, uh, sometimes under uh, specious uh, reasonings. But we'll leave it at that for for now. Uh, say that that was an interesting, interesting time uh, for America, and we'll see what happens in this coming year, whether or not we actually, how much of our freedoms we actually get back, and when, you know, there weren't circumstances. Uh, and the, um, well, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't go over some of the reasons to love America. And just kind of off the top of my head, since I don't have my notes here from that particular portion. But, um, you know, I do have a, it is online. Um, you can you can look it up online, and I do go at length. And I mention how American exceptionalism is, is real. You know, with are only one, only country on the face of the earth that put people on the moon so far. Um, the only human beings ever to visit the moon have all been Americans. Uh, we dug the Panama Canal. We won two world wars. Well, helped win two world wars. Uh, we have all these breakthroughs, of course. We had this recent breakthrough with uh, COVID-19. Uh, even though Britain actually beat us to getting the, the vaccines approved. Uh, basically, it was American companies, mainly American Ingenuity, that did it. And of course, they have the Herculean task now of distributing the vaccine, now that's proved. But, yeah, congratulations to Britain. Um, I think them getting the vaccines approved largely due to their process of approval, in line or going faster, made it go faster. But uh, outside of the fact of ingenuities, uh, of course, these are multinational com- companies, but it's mainly 
America that engineered uh, a lot of that came up with these uh, these vaccines. So we still have a lot to do. I think it'll go down the history books as one of the greatest accomplishments of American history. Um, people are already poo-pooing the efforts to distribute the vaccine. And of course, you know anybody you know who's done anything of any massive scale, uh, coordinating with different agencies, uh, maybe you did it in military or in civilian life or in government. But anytime you've had you know some sort of uh, endeavor this huge, there's always going to be um, you know you tend to stumble out of the gates. There are always going to be hiccups and snafus that happen. You just have to deal with them. But those can't be avoided. And someone who says, yeah, well, this would have worked perfect under me. I think that's what Biden is trying to say now. He's trying trying to suggest that these things would have went faster or better under him. Uh, Well, he is, you know, he has the benefit of hindsight. And I think that's a little bit of Monday, Monday morning quarterbacking on this because there's so many uh, examples of when he said something and it turned out that Trump was already doing it or already in the midst of considering it Um, for instance you know using uh, the authority of government to direct uh, private entities to make the ventilators or make PPE you know using the Defense Production Act Um, he was doing that um, and then a couple of days later, you, you heard um, uh, Joe Biden suggest that that should be done. It was already being done. Then when uh, the vaccine was starting to come along and and uh, uh, Operation Warp Speed was coming into fruition, you heard uh, Biden say, "Well, he should use you know he should use the military. He should appoint a general to administer." or to look out for the logistics support for uh, disseminating the vaccine. And of course, that was already done. And it seems like at every turn where Joe Biden has some sort of initiative that he thinks should be done uh, with regards to the vaccine or to the virus, uh, it's already being done. Um, And we'll talk about a little bit more of that in the podcast. Um, but yeah, on libertyrelearn.com, uh, you can read, uh, look up more, you know, about it's okay to, uh, love America. And of course, you know, needless to say, I am a fan of America and a believer in American exceptionalism. So, uh, just look that up online and it's, I also did that podcast back in July, so you can listen to the entire thing. Uh, The next episode, going back to episode two, is called Flynn Free, COVID-19 Bill of Rights and Conservatism Explained. And this is going back to where General Flynn, the um, uh, Department of Justice, was dropping the charges against General Flynn course, General Flynn was forced into making a confession. Uh, basically, they had threatened uh, his son with some sort of prosecution or, or something like that. 
and plus he got bad advice from his lawyers who actually were no friend of his they were um, actually uh, lawyers that worked on uh, for dem prominent Democrats so he, he was not well served by his legal team at the time so and of course there's a little bit of uh, let's say treachery on the part of James Comey uh, from the FBI at the time trying to get his man in to um, uh, revive the Flynn case and to basically uh, take one more stab at it even though uh, the FBI had said that there's no deception that they detected from Flynn they, they thought that he was being honest during his interviews uh, they decided to uh, take advantage of a little bit of chaos during the transition um, between Obama and President Trump. Uh, so they, they took advantage of that chaos to get their agent in there to question Flynn. And they basically suggest, no, you don't need a lawyer for this. We're, you know, they tried to make it look like a, a friend, just a friendly conversation. Uh, but eventually they used that as evidence against him. Uh, some of the some of the things he said in that in that interview. So a little bit of uh, deception and treachery, um, taking advantage of the uh, transition, a little bit of chaotic period. Um, remember, Trump is not a political operative. He doesn't he doesn't know um, really. Uh, DC, he knows you know Wall Street, he knows Main Street, but he doesn't know K Street, and uh, he doesn't know 1500 Pen Pennsylvania Avenue. So he got a crash course on how to do things early on his administration, and he made some stumbles. You know, he stumbled out of the gate a little bit. Yeah, made some rookie mistakes, and uh, unfortunately, uh, people who were not his friends were there. Um, to, to see him make those mistakes and take advantage of it. Um, and of course, uh, besides talking about General Flynn, talk about the COVID-19 Bill of Rights, which just to sum up really is that, you know, with this emergency, state of emergency over COVID-19, you know, the, uh, a lot of the governors, blue seat governors overreached with their authority and they did some stuff that was kind of blatantly uh, unconstitutional. Some of it's been ruled unconstitutional since then. But they t basically took advantage of the emergency to enact their own, um, you know, uh, governed by fiat, basically, and, and throw away uh, a lot of our First Amendment and Second Amendment rights, well, mainly the First Amendment, of... Uh, the right to associate, freely associate, right to worship freely, which is still being litigated in the courts, uh, some aspects of that, uh, freedom of assembly, uh, and of course freedom of the press, well, that's a different subject, but, you know, we found out that there's no really real freedom of the press as long as one um, ideology controls all of the or most of the press outlets, there's no real freedom of the press, but but uh, be that as it may, I mean, you're listening to me, so there's a little bit of freedom, I guess, but 
you know, you can see what's happening with Twitter and Facebook and, you know, see for yourself, judge for yourself how much real freedom of the press there is. So, but that's a topic for another day. Um, so, talk a little bit about that COVID-19 Bill of Rights, about how, uh, you know, you can't just, you know, make things up by, by fiat if you're going to make some sort of rule. See, like a mask mandate or a lockdown of some sort, you have to have a sunset provision. You have to have some sort of measurable, um, some measurable um, goal that you're trying to reach, like a number of cases, number of hospital beds free, and then or a period of time, uh, you know, where that provision would be sunsetted or that provision would expire. Um, and that that would, in theory, kind of absolve the leader, that governor, of any of the political pressure. Because, you know, the thing is that part of it is that no governor wants to be the first one to to lift a, a lockdown. Of course, uh, Georgia governor, uh, a few months ago, took a lot of heat uh, lifting the lockdown in his state, easing up restrictions in, in his state. It took a lot of heat. Uh, turned out that those restrictions weren't doing any a lot of a good, or whatever good that they had done had already been done, and and then now they were they were uh, causing more trouble than they were worth. So the Georgia governor took a lot of flack for that at the time. Um, turns out he was vindicated, and uh, the the cases didn't skyrocket. Um, but overall, I think that part of the problem is that, you know, once you go down this road, now it becomes like almost a perverse contest of like, you know, who can out lock down the other person, you know, cause if New York has any cases and they lock down, well, then, then some other governor is going to feel pressure. Well, I have to lock down my case. And of course, if individual freedom is not one of your primary values, that becomes real easy to uh, call upon lockdowns. Uh, you tell yourself that's for the greater good, but um, it's not for the greater good if it uh, hurts people in the long run. Uh, particularly in lo lockdowns, uh, we all know about increased suicide rates, uh, drug drug, uh, you know, drug addiction rates, um, you know, alcohol, drug recidivism, uh, and things of that nature. All these ancillary problems that pop up directly because of, of lockdowns being too, too overbearing or going on for too long. And they inevitably become counterproductive. So, COVID, COVID Bill of Rights gives a rationale or, or a rational uh, means for leaders to deal with this. And, uh, of course, you know, these, a lot of the leaders, you know, they did their own thing. You know, of course, I don't expect them to listen to little of me. But these are all principles that were all there. I'm just, you know, kind of crystallizing what those principles were in the COVID-19 Bill of Rights so feel free to look that up. All right. Um, but elsewhere in that podcast, 
one of the things that's really important about this podcast is just to teach about conservatism, what it is and what it's not. Uh, so in there, I'm talking about conservatism. Uh, I mentioned, uh, I'm just going to quote myself here. You know, I'm talking about American conservatism most of the time. Again, I would define that as the Founding Fathers had certain values, life, liberty, and the pursuit of property, which turned into the pursuit of happiness. That was, that was politically correct at the time. Um, so that one is Flynn-free COVID-19 Bill of Rights and, and uh, conservatism explained. So definitely look that up. Because uh, it's really important that you know you come away from this armed with knowledge about what conservatism is and what's not. Because if you can't define conservatism, then the other side is going to define it, and of course they're going to define it wrong. Uh, you know we know from experience that they'll define conservatives as, as a you know right wing extremist, uh, fascist, Nazis. And, all that stuff and so hopefully uh, between listening to this podcast and reading the blog uh, maybe even following along on Parler or Facebook um, gives you a, an idea of what conservatism is and so that you can define it for yourself less than be defined for you and so um I guess this is from the same, another quote from the same episode, looks like, uh, here, um, talking about uh, slavery, of course, slavery is at odds with the founding, you know, fathers, it's in a, it's with the ideals of conservatism and of America, you know, of course, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And so I talk about that a little bit here. So I'm going to quote from myself again. Uh, we didn't invent slavery. Every culture in the world had slavery. The Egyptians, other parts of Africa, the Asians, the Romans, the Greeks, they all had slaves. What set us apart from that was finally we went to war to fix that problem. So it's not so much that we had slaves, it's what we did to make that a thing of the past. And that America doesn't get enough credit for that. And that's true. Of course I would say that's true because I said it. But uh, yeah, America doesn't get credit for, I mean, think about it. We had a war over slavery uh, I think uh, 600,000 or so Americans died, both sides, but of course they were both ultimately our countrymen. Uh, so roughly 300,000 Union soldiers would have died uh, freeing the, in the effort to free the slaves. And, you know, so I think we've paid for slavery in blood. Um, and we'll just let you decide for yourself. So, 
someone brings up the idea of reparations, well, you know, point out to them that 300,000 people died for, uh, for blacks in this country to be free. And, you know, ask them what, what that's worth. And now I'm going to uh, play you an excerpt from uh, what is our number one uh, most popular uh, podcast of 2020. Now, keep in mind, when I make this list, uh, you know, these are a lot of these are the older episodes. Some people have had more chances to listen to them. And I'm doing this basically by how many times they've been listened to. So, it could be that some more recent ones, like I think the election specials uh, and the Christmas special, I think will will do pretty well. I'm really hopeful that uh, if you haven't listened to them, uh, particularly the Christmas special, uh, and particularly if you're a Christian or a believer, um, you know, still... And try and make that as timeless, even though it's about Christmas. Try and make that one as timeless as possible. Hopefully, you'll listen to that one if you haven't already. But hasn't had time, I guess, to mature, uh, and for enough, you know, people going through the back catalog yet to um, to listen to it. But hopefully, that will be one of the top ones. I, I would like to think so, and. I think the election specials, I did three election specials in the last few months. Uh, they all came out pretty good, I think. Um, yeah, if I must say so myself. And they seem to be pretty popular. They, they seem to be gaining in listeners. So maybe another couple months ago, you know, maybe by the time we're done with the entire year of the podcast. Uh, we'll do a, another best of, and maybe some of those episodes will be on that list too. But for right now, uh, the number one episode of 2020 was one uh, called Cognitive Dissonance. Uh, just to set this one up, uh, this is right after there was a police shooting in Atlanta where a man was uh, being detained. Um, for obsessively for drunk driving, he was cooperating initially with the police. Uh, long story short, uh, as soon as that, you know, it became obvious that he was going to spend the night in jail, um, he started to resist arrest, and uh, he and the officers got to a scuffle. There was two officers present. Uh, one officer. Uh, Scuffled with him, had his taser taken from him, uh, and then a chase ensued. Uh, the the person that the alleged perpetrator uh, turned, fired the taser at the person, at the uh, pursuing policeman. Uh, I believe it was the other policeman at the time returned fire. Maybe both of them did, but one of them at least returned fire uh, and hit the man don't recall he may not have been killed but he was definitely shot by the police officer so and of course there was several weeks or at least a week or so of riots you know this is already in the midst of several weeks already of riots 
uh, coming from the George Floyd uh, killing and um, you know uh, I've already gone over that but there were riots and uh, some of it was opportunism on the part of the rioters and looters uh, some of it was Antifa some of it was Black Lives Matter stirring things up so just to put this in context this was uh, in the midst of that you know we'd already had a couple of weeks of riots and looting and, and different social unrest that and then uh, this incident happened this unfortunate incident happened I would say that this seems to have been a more justifiable um, shooting uh, than what happened in Minneapolis where a lot of people include myself definitely question what, what was going on there and whether that was legal and that's still in the courts those officers are in court this year um, so this happened on the heels of that um, kind of keeping that fire going um, with the with the anti-police and anti-police brutality uh, protests and so this is after the incident in Atlanta and so I'm just going to start off from there hi this is JP Mack and oops you've already heard that Yeah, that was just me uh, doing the introduction. I was supposed to be... Uh, and so you have that situation. Okay. Back us see. Right here we go. Apple Podcast. Okay, so I think I got everything fixed here for this next clip. See? So, you know, it's not all glamour and... Sometimes things happen. Uh, we're just lucky this is not a live show, at least not yet. Or else, you know, who knows what else you know you'd probably hear. But okay, so here I go talking about this guy. His name was Rashid Brooks. Again, he was from Atlanta, and he was shot by uh, the Atlanta police in an incident I just told you about. So I think uh, we're going to kind of jump in here. Um, hopefully I've given you enough backstory for you to catch up, but here I go talking about the incident. Try and connect the events, um, to how the, the conservative point of view, uh, sees, sees these events. And so, of course, um, probably heard by now about the killing of a Atlanta man, Mr. Richard Brooks. Uh, he was uh, passed out in his car and in a Wendy's parking lot in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, two police officers came uh, what was going on. Uh, they talked to Mr. Brooks for a long time. Uh, initially, he was cooperative and giving uh, the officers all the information they needed 
when it came to the breathalyzer test, um, he did, you know, upon failing the breathalyzer test, showing that he was indeed intoxicated, the the police officer uh, in question attempt, attempted to arrest him, and uh, as soon as he attempted to arrest him, things changed, and Mr. Brooks resisted arrest. He attempted to, well, he he assaulted the police officer, stole the, or took the police officer's taser weapon and attempted to use it against him as he was attempting to flee the scene. Of course, Mr. Brooks was shot by the officer, um, well, ex-officer now, Mr. Okay, and then I go on to describe the um, the incident in more detail. So I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. So also around this time, um, there was a whole wave of this craze of tearing down statues. Uh, if you remember, it's all mainly it started out with just the Confederate generals, the kind of the obvious ones. You know the the ones who fought on the, on the side of the South in the Civil War, the ones that held slaves in that matter, and then it come you know then it evolved into uh, basically um, anybody that the left didn't like. Of course, Christopher Columbus was among those people, and now we're hearing about uh, just recently a statue of Abraham Lincoln. Um, his statue depicting him, um, he has his hand over a kneeling black man, uh, recently freed slave. He's bidding him arise and, uh, you know, shake off his, uh, bonds and become a free man. And this is taken as some sort of insult. I guess the rationale is that they're... They're trying to say that on the left that uh, apparently Abraham Lincoln must be making that uh, black man kneel in front of him. That's like some sort of derogatory thing, but that's not the case. It's actually the opposite. He's telling that kneeling former slave to get up, and that's what he's doing. So they just um, removed a statue of that in... Uh, Boston, which is, which is a copy of a statue, another the identical statue in Washington, D.C., depicting the same thing. So, this is how far um, these people have come. Uh, just, you know, we know now it's really, it's come, become more obvious that they're just destroying American history. They want to destroy it and rewrite it in their own image. Um, that's the whole idea of the left and uh, recreate, recreate their own utopia from America's ashes. So, and destroying statues is a big part of that. And so, here I am talking about uh, some of this that was happening, the height of it happened during this past summer of 2020. So here's me a little bit on that. There's a whole wave of mobs tearing down uh, their statues. There's also have has been a wave recently of 
angry mobs tearing down statues of Christopher Columbus. Of course, most of that is driven by um, some really bad history uh, written by um, Mr. Howard Zinn, um, so-called historian who basically uh, wrote a textbook with a hugely distorted uh, version of American history uh, and some of it is really um, just egregious like, like it's not you know you, you can't even seriously call some of it history and a lot of that has to do with or part of that is uh, the story of Christopher Columbus how he discovered America of course he actually landed uh, in the in the uh, Caribbean islands and uh, or in the, the Bahamas and he of course is accused of, of starting slaves starting a slave trade uh, murdering indigenous peoples and committing genocide and I don't know that the that the facts actually will bear out um, a lot of the resentment on the part of the left about Columbus. Not that he was such a great guy, but I think a lot of things uh, being attributed to him were actually done by other members of the you know the other conquistadors, the other governors of of the. Uh, islands in the Caribbeans uh, at the time and I think that uh, we have a very distorted or what's been put out particularly by Zinn is a very distorted picture of Columbus now, of course he did open the American trade with Europe and eventually colonization and of course you know we're here in large part in, in this country in large part uh, to Columbus's initiative. I mean, good, bad, or indifferent, he did uh, open the way. Uh, he was the first, I guess, a prophet to make, you know, going to the Americas profitable. Um, and of course, uh, in, in the long view, that's pretty much why we were all here. And so yeah, well, so what I'm talking about there is uh, Howard Zinn, who's a so-called historian. Who uh, he was a radical communist, socialist, uh, what have you, uh, involved in the communist movement in, in America. Um, ne never disavowed socialism or, or communism, and had a clear agenda of his books. and And he talks about that in his writing. You know, Howard Zinn has done, you know, it's, it's just a travesty. Um, there are a couple books. Uh, one of them is called Debunking Howard Zinn. I forget the author, but um, it's a good one. There's a couple of them, a couple of them that talk about uh, the mistakes that Howard Zinn makes in his so-called history. So definitely be aware that uh, he wrote this book. Um, called the, um, I believe it's called the uh, People's History of the United States. 
So, and that's required reading in a lot of schools. And uh, so that's one of the places where, uh, unfortunately, American youth are indoctrinated and, and they're turned against their own country. Uh, something, you know, the left always speaks of the right being divisive, particularly Trump. But you can see from what they're doing, particularly with Howard Zinn, that it's actually they're, they're the ones being the divisive ones. They're the ones that uh, divide people from their love of country, from their love of history, from their love of America. Uh, it's actually they are people who are separating or dividing people. And of course they separate people into the grievance groups and minorities and any kind of uh, grievance group that you can think of that the left seeks to exploit the grievance or create grievances where there are none. Uh, and so they speak of Trump and conservatives being divisive, but if you really think about it, as they who divide people uh, between each other, separate people by class, by race, by religion, separate people from their love of country, from their understanding of American exceptionalism uh, through false and misleading histories such as from Zen. So I could probably do an entire podcast, but definitely read up on him if you get a chance. Um, it's really a, a travesty. Okay, so enough on that. Um, last few minutes I want to work on predictions because this is uh, the time of this recording. This is the first week of 2021. So, although kind of, you know, this is like a, in particular... This is a year where you probably don't want to make any predictions. Because so much has happened and so much has happened that no one could have saw coming. Like people tearing down that statue or removing that statue. Uh, freeing a slave based on some sort of uh, racial um, idea. Some, some, some misguided uh, you know, notion of racism. So... You know, particularly last year, I mean, a lot of things we we saw happen that we didn't thought think were possible. Um, so you know, we can continue along that trajectory. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, start seeing um, Martin Luther King Jr. being denounced and statues of Martin Luther King Jr. being tear tore down. Um, because that's just how irrational the left is. They want to destroy everything. Of course, uh, Martin Luther King talks about, um, you know, being, you know, America living up to its creed, America living up to its founding documents of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And he, he speaks of America, you know, the founding fathers having writing that written that promissory note and he talks of the people um, cashing in that promissory note uh, in his famous I Have the Dream speech and other speeches he made, but particularly in that one. And of course, being uh, uh, judging people on the, 
the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. All that, you know, you know, runs askew of the current narrative. Yeah, there's no money, uh, really anymore in keeping, um, you know, the ideals of Martin Luther King Jr. alive. Uh, instead, it's a lot of, uh, well, you have BLM and a lot of cultural Marxism, uh, critical race theory and stuff like that replacing what I think were, were the good and Christian ideals of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, so I would not be surprised if they just go crazy and start denouncing MLK. Uh, so that's something we can look at. But, um, yeah, this year's going to be a tough one to make any predictions. Because the, 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 the problem is that as I record this, we're still at a crossroads where we can, uh, you know, we have two completely different divergent paths. Really, we have, well, there's two, maybe really two and a half. I'll explain that later. Uh, so first, possibly one, the left fails at their attempts to take over government. Uh, and this in particular would be uh, somehow President Trump in a few days manages to, to uh, cancel enough votes and the Electoral College uh, makes it, forces a vote in the House of Representatives as I've described before in the last podcast. Uh, basically, um, each state, you know, all the red states will get one vote, all the blue, blue states would get one vote. More red, There are more red states than blue states. So, theoretically, Trump would win if the election goes to the House of Representatives. And that what, that's what could still happen on January 6th. So, a lot of, you know, any prediction that anyone would make would have, would definitely depend upon that. Uh, and there's also the Senate runoff election in Georgia that will determine the fate of the Senate. And so that's where I get kind of the, uh, you know, two and a half instead of just two completely divergent ones. Because if um, the likely one, the one that seems likely is that Trump will lose his bid for re-election. And, uh, but the uh, Republicans will hold control of the Senate by a thin margin. So that one, obviously, if, if that one, well, particularly if Trump wins, there, there will be violence and chaos in the streets. I've talked about it before uh, regarding the, um, the Transition Integrity Project. Uh, I've mentioned that in a couple of, of podcasts before. Basically, they wargamed a scenario out where there would be violence, uh, mass protests, mass demonstrations, strikes, and, and all sorts of chaos. Um, we avoid that so far because it looks like Biden won. And so, you know, we avoided that on Election Day or the week, you know, immediately following ele- the election in November. But now... Um, now the the final uh, third phase of the election is going to be held. 
And so that's going to um, determine a lot of what happens. Then, of course, the other one, Biden wins, and they get, and gain control of the Senate. Then there's a lot of mischief that the Democrats are planning on. Just real quick, because we're running out of time. Um, yeah, there's, uh, well, Biden will, I think, um, Biden will be China's play toy. I think they're going to test him early. Probably have Iran, probably have other bad actors test uh, Joe Biden early. Uh, we'll see. Will he overreact? Will he try and prove how bad he is by, you know, being tough? Or will he underreact and, you know, uh, give in to their demands? Um, so we'll see. But he will be tested uh, pretty much ritual every four years or every eight years when we have a new president. That president tends to be tested. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be uh, in spades this year. I think it's going to be important. So he's going to be tested by China and other countries. And of course, he will, uh, he wants to do his mask mandate. Uh, he will uh, immediately, I think, announce a climate crisis, which will kind of continue what, what the COVID-19 crisis did. Uh, he will try and continue a lot of that, uh, maybe even going into lockdowns and stuff like that. He, you know, he'll, he'll create a new rationale for things like lockdowns and and uh, control of uh, the energy sector so of course it'll be the probably the end of the filibuster also in the senate which will once again pave the way for a lot of mischief um and i think we'll go over that that that's definitely will something we'll talk about uh in coming weeks, particularly as we learn the, the fate of the election finally. Um, but in the meantime, uh, thank you all the all of you who've listened since I guess May, I guess um, since episode one uh, through this episode, and those who just started have joined in. Uh, maybe you've listened to some of the back episodes. Thanks and have. A happy and healthy 2021. Uh, glad to see you on the other side of 2020 and continue listening. And hopefully uh, you'll um, get something get something else and I will fulfill my promise to you on uh, teaching you a little bit about uh, conservatism. And, and more than just what the events of the day hold, but also... You know the greater kind of ideological aspects, the bigger aspects of conservatism. So until then, look for us on Facebook, on LibertyRelearn.com. Uh, look for me on Parlor. Uh, just search Liberty Relearn. You'll you should find the podcast, or or search me JP Mac, and you'll find me on Parlor. So thank you. Uh, 